listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're figuring out who makes the rules for book genres. Who's doing it? Who's making those rules? Who's making those rules? Who's passing them down on a tablet from Mount... Oh, no. I can't remember where that... You don't know either. It's a Bible thing. Okay. And we're interviewing... Mount Sinai. Is that right? That's what I was thinking. But I... It might be right. I think that's right. And we're interviewing Glory Adam, founder of Well-Read Black Girl. But first... What are you reading, Bria? I finished a book for my book club that I had never read a classic, a little horror classic called um, The Stepford Wives by (gasps) Ira Oh, my God. I love that book. Okay. This is, I have a, I have definitely like a spot in my horror genre reading of like, and this is why it's good I'm in this book club, of of sort of classics. Um, and I had never read this book. And the thing is, that's crazy is that every person listening right now is like, yeah, yeah. Because The Stepford Wives is such a book that has entered our lexicon, um, like the word Stepford Wives. And so it was interesting to read where it came from because I had seen the movies, um, I thought I thought I knew what the book was, and I did. But the writing is really interesting. Uh, the writing style is re- really interesting. I thought the language being used was really interesting. Also, the most shocking thing about this book is that um, it came out in 1972. But in my head, when you think of a Stepford Wife, I think of the 1950s. Yes, but it's a 70s book, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of fascinating. But yeah, it's it's it is the story you think it is, but it is really well written and like a really fascinating book to get to read. Again, thank goodness for book clubs because they make me read things that I probably never would have picked this up. <laughs> I probably would have just been like, no, I'll read all the new books uh, uh, not you read any older books. And I thought it was a really fun read. What are you reading, Mallory? I just finally got this book from the library that I've been waiting for. It has this really great cover. It's When We Were Birds by Ayana Lloyd Bonwo. And it is sort of like a literary fantasy book. It's a set in Trinidad and it's about this young woman and her mother is dying and she has a really bad relationship with her mother. But the thing is her mom is about to pass down this like power that she has of like shepherding the souls of the dead to where they need to go. And so she's kind of, this young woman is like in this really tough spot where she like doesn't want to be interacting with her mother, but she has to like get to take this power. And then there's this other boy in this young man i guess this young man in this uh in this city but his religion makes it so that he should not be is not allowed to interact with the dead at all but Mm. in order to support himself the only job he can get is grave digging so like like to support his family so this grave digger and this young woman who is like you know newly come into this power of like taking care of the souls of the dead end up like meeting up and falling in love and there's all this like sort of weird dead magic happening around them i like i haven't i'm not that far into it but it's amazing so far and um yeah it's just like a i I love a love story with with ghosts and dead people so i'm really excited about it of course uh so that's when we were birds by ayana lloyd bonwo and mine was the step for wives by ira levin So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Mike wrote in with a hot book tip. Hot book tip. Hot book tip in the morning. (laughs) Mike says, Hi, Brian Mallory. Last episode, Bria mentioned having to read PDFs can be difficult because they have to be read on the computer and it can be difficult to change font size. I found out a bit ago that you can send PDFs to your Kindle and have them automatically converted to the Kindle format. 
then you can edit font size and read through like any other Kindle book. You just have to register your personal email with your Kindle. Then you can send emails to your Kindle's email address with the PDF attached put convert in the subject line to have them auto converted. It'll show up on your Kindle when you sync your books, just like if you sent it from Libby. It also works with other files like Word docs, but I don't know if the con conversion works for those. It looks like you can do something similar with Kobo, but I don't know if conversion to EPUB format works. I haven't tried myself. I don't have a Kobo. Thank you for making an amazing podcast. I've fallen in love with reading again since listening. My wheelhouse perfectly overlaps with both your interests. I'm a big sci-fi and horror nerd. Your podcast has relieved so much anxiety for me over the past two years and I've learned so much from you. I'm now a very big fan of your work off podcast as well. 12 hour ship was amazing and girly drinks was fantastic. I can't wait to see what else you both do. Aw, this is fantastic. This is and this is this book is sizzling hot. hot. I just touched it. It sent me straight to hell. It is so this hot. This is like a, was, when you get a fajita, fajitas at a restaurant. Oh yeah, and you they're can hear them coming from across the <laughs> restaurant, and you and everyone stares at you. It's like, like ooh, ooh how you get, don't touch that plate. Um. I I literally did not know this. This was this is such a good book tip. We have to add this to our book tech segment because I'm going to try it and let me know and yes. I'll let you know how it goes because this could be life changing for me if it. I don't know how I didn't already know this. Well, it's because I'm not great with technology, but um, this is amazing. Thank you so much for this tip. Heather wrote in a wheelhouse. Summertime coming of age, middle grade epic adventures, match realism, treasure hunts. I'm currently on a quest to find more books with a Julia Stiles-esque main character. It's very cute. Homesteading and home repairs, precocious vocabulary, and absolutely anything by Leslie M.M. Bloom. I love summertime coming of age. That's like such a specific type of book. It's a good one, though. It's a really good one. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. If you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Hey, Glassers. Quick bookmark from Bria over here. Um, I directed a movie called Torn Hearts, and it comes out, if you're listening to this on Thursday, it comes out tomorrow. Um, and you can rent it or buy it on all the places you would normally rent or buy a movie. It is a horror movie with country music. It's very, very fun. It stars Katie Seagal, Alexis Lemire, um, Abby Quinn, uh, Shia Fernandez, Joshua Leonard, um, Clark Wolf, so many people. It was a really good time. And um, if you want to support your friend Bria over here, uh, support indie filmmakers, support female filmmakers. This is a great way to do it, to rent it the first weekend that it comes out. It helps us. Y'all know how these kind of numbers help. Um, and it helps us to get our next project off the ground. So, um, yeah. It's called Torn Hearts. And it is out um, uh, very, very soon. May 20th. Tomorrow. Or today. I don't know when you're listening. Before we talk about who makes the rules for genres, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by BetterHelp. Life can be overwhelming and many people are feeling burned out without even knowing it. We've talked about book slumps a lot on this show. Sometimes people can get in a regular slump. Symptoms can include lack of motivation, feeling helpless or trapped, detachment, fatigue, and lots more. I know that when I'm burned out... I feel extremely exhausted. I feel like I can never quite get enough sleep. I just feel super overwhelmed. I can't quite think straight. I just feel like I have no gas in my tank. And it's not a great feeling. You know what can help with that? 
therapy. Just like imagine rainbows shooting out of my fingertips when I say this. And you know, a great way to go to therapy is getting customized online therapy. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video sessions, phone sessions, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to, if you just don't feel like putting on pants, if you just feel uncomfortable and don't want to be seen, that's totally okay. You can interact with your therapist in any way that you feel comfortable, whether that is video or chatting. And it can be much more affordable than in-person therapy. And you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is quicker than getting a book in the mail. It's, it's 48 hours. That is like super shipping, but for your brain. It's fantastic. Folks, We've talked so much on these ads about how important therapy is to both Bria and I. I have been in therapy for a really long time. I have therapy the morning that I'm recording this ad for the podcast, and I can't wait. It's something I really look forward to. It's definitely something that can be tough and and, and, uh, something you have to learn how to do. But really, I mean, I, I always think of it as going to the gym before your mental health. You know, sometimes it's hard to start, but once you get in the habit of it, it really feels amazing and can really improve so many parts of your life. Yeah, I have an anxiety disorder and my therapist over the years that we've been working together has really given me a lot of tools on how to turn turn that anxiety dial down. When I was really burnt out a couple of years ago, it was my therapist who gave me a lot of tools to help manage that and I'm in a lot better place now. And I love going to therapy. It's awesome and I highly recommend it. And one of the easiest ways to start with therapy is by using BetterHelp. Reading Glasses listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash glasses. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash glasses. So betterhelp, dot com slash glasses. Betterhelp.com slash glasses. Glasses. Hi, my name is Graham Clark, and I'm one half of the podcast Stop Podcasting Yourself a show that we've recorded for many, many years. And uh, at the moment, instead of being in person, we're recording remotely and uh, you wouldn't even notice. You don't even notice the lag. That's right, Graham. And uh, the great thing about this. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay. Okay, go ahead. And you can listen to us uh, every week on Maximum Fun. .org. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Your podcasts. This week, we're talking about genre rules. Who decided these rules? Can they be broken? And if they are, does that mean the book doesn't fit into that genre anymore? We're going to find out. Today's episode was an idea from Beck, who wrote in about cozy mystery rules. So Beck wrote, I've been really into reading cozy mysteries lately. I enjoy most aspects of the books, but often these are grown women in their 30s who spend four books flirting with a person only to end with a peck on the lips, if they are so lucky. So I went to (laughs) Cozy Reddit to ask for recommendations for some spicy cozy books. But apparently, if a book has too much sex or gore, it's against the rules of a cozy and I should look into romance instead. 
Who writes these rules? What happens if they are broken? I assume they don't get published. But if it's the third book of a series about a lady who solves a murder in a small town, her magical cat should be able to go for a walk so she and her cop slash mayor slash reporter slash firefighter can have on-page bone in her in her tiny apartment above the cute cupcake cafe or whatever would read this and uh, still be in the same genre. Or would the first two books be a cozy and that would put the third into the romance rack? This, this is a great is question. One of the best emails I'm, we've ever gotten. I'm excited to read the book about the lady who solves murders who magical, whose magical cat has to go on a walk so she and her firefighter boyfriend can bone. That's the book I'd like to read above a co- cupcake cafe. <laughs> what do you think? What, do you, what are the rules, Mallory? Who sets the rules? So first off, back as much as we tried, we could not find one person or one group of people responsible for deciding the rules of cozy mysteries. It's just like any other genre. It was developed over a period of time, in this case, in the late 20th century in response to hard-boiled crime fiction and just writers and publishers slowly decided what the rules were there's no like cupcake ruling council that mm. may, decides the the rules for nice. cozy mysteries would be nice though yeah genre distinctions nowadays are uh generally decided by publishers and their marketing departments um and they are used to sell books that's it that's why we have genre distinctions some writers are surprised when they write a book and then they send it off and then their book falls into a genre that they were not prepared to be in. And a lot of books blend genres as well. You know, I mean, I feel like we talk about it all the time where we're like, it's a romance, but there's magical realism. And also, you know, I mean, like, I feel like we go into all sorts of genre blending. I was also thinking about some books that fall into genres because of the author. So we had mm-hmm. um, Sylvia Morena Garcia on the show and who wrote The Beautiful Ones and it kept getting put on these fi- sci-fi fantasy lists because of who she was. But it's sort of a confusing thing because it was technically a book of manners and it was much more about that than it was about the magical realism aspect that people were pushing. Um, and I think people got confused about that book. When they read that book, they were like, where's all the magic? But really it was a book that was far more closer to like um, a Jane Austen book than it was to a magical realism book. Um, so genres are kind of decided to sell the books, right, Mallory? Yeah. And the, on Really, genres usually give a set of expectations for a reader. Like if a book is labeled as horror, you know it's going to try to scare you. If it's a sci-fi or fantasy, you know there's going to be some sort of speculative or imaginative element to it. If it's romance, you know some people are getting together by the end of the book. Lots of books could go on to several different bookshelves in a bookstore. We know this. But some genres have harder rules, and cozy mysteries are one of them. Mm -hmm. The word cozy is really the thing. So if you see the word cozy before any genre, you know what you're getting. In this case, you know that the mystery is going to be solved. There won't be any on-page violence or gore or swearing or sex, and everything's going to be wicked low stakes. Yeah. That being said— back it's totally fine if you want your protagonist to get laid sometimes you just want that (laughs) but that just means you want to find like a different subgenre um of mystery that has sex in it so there's a lot of mystery slash romance books where there's still a mystery that's the main part of the story but there is a romance subplot yeah i mean basically in this case the cozy mysteries are like antithetical to yeah all this stuff like really what you're look you're you're really just looking for another genre and that's okay if you love the rules of a subgenre but not others make a list of the ones you love and find another subgenre that features them mm-hmm. you know there's lots of different uh types of books in the world you're gonna find I'm, I'm sure that we could find and i'm sure there's there's probably many books out there where a woman solves a mystery in a small town with her magical cat and then she gets 
you know, to bone the... The fireman. I like to imagine that it's like... Um, the, He's a mayor and a reporter and a firefighter all oh, at the same time. Oh, I love that. That book probably exists. Y'all, I know y'all have some recommendations for Beck. Send them, send them our way. Yeah, send your, send your spicy cozy. Although maybe it wouldn't be cozy. So it wouldn't be cozy. Would be cozy. It would have to be like, uh, what's, what's a synonym of cozy? Uh, comfortable. Um, yeah, spicy comfy. War- warm. Uh, what, is, what is another <laughs> cozy? Uh, yeah. Uh, Pleasant. Homey. Snug. Ooh. Okay. All right. Yeah, like a snug, a snug mystery. A spicy snug. Spicy spicy snug mystery is what Beck is looking for. And I'm sure I'm sure that exists. And again, it's totally okay to be like, you're not Beck, you are not nuts for being like, I want this person to have sex with her boyfriend that she has been. With with the mayor firefighter reporter. The mayor firefighter. Yeah, who doesn't want to have sex with the mayor firefighter reporter? seems to be some uh t- you can't have someone who's both the mayor and the reporter is he reporting on himself is he also fighting oh, fires at the same time Ooh, well that's what she's got to investigate yeah is this in is, bed is this not- <laughs> oh wait hold on hold on hold on hold on <laughs> <laughs> so stupid uh so you can send your thoughts and your your spicy snug recommendations to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com before we talk to well-read black girl founder glory edam we're going to take a quick break reading glasses is sponsored in part this week by curiosity stream instead of re-watching the same old sitcoms and movies that you've seen a hundred times try something new with curiosity stream What's Curiosity Stream? It's the go-to place for people who love to learn. That's right, folks. We're talking documentaries. Curiosity Stream has 35 curated collections handpicked by a team of experts to make sure that only the highest quality content is on their site. They have collections that are all about history, technology, science, nature, society, lifestyle, kids. Any of this interests you? Are you the kind of person that likes to sit late at night when you can't sleep and watch history documentaries? I know I am. Curiosity Stream works on any device, so you can start streaming wherever you are, whenever you want. There are so many cool documentaries on this. Bree and I got to check this out. It is so awesome. If you are a person who loves watching documentaries, which I am, you are absolutely going to love it. There's so many cool documentaries from all over the spectrum. There's The History of Home with Nick Offerman, which explores the past, present, and future of homes. It's like a micro history, but a documentary. Why would you not want to check that out? There's The Miracles of Nature, which explores weird and wonderful animal abilities and discovers how they've inspired some unlikely human inventions. Fiddling, a foot-stomping celebration of true Americana and artistic expression. Planet of Treasures with Sir Christopher Clark, which explores places of special beauty created by humans. It's so cool. Any kind of documentary you can imagine is here on Curiosity Stream. I love documentaries. It's one of my favorite things to do if I'm in a book slump and I don't feel like reading is just to sit and watch some docs. I, I love it so much. And Curiosity Stream is perfect for people like me. They've also got one of the best deals out there right now. Curiosity Stream is offering a full year subscription for just $14.99 with code GLASSES. There are other streaming services that cost $14.99 a month. This is for a whole year. For the price of a paperback book, you can get an entire year's worth of awesome documentaries. So go check out Curiosity Stream and use code GLASSES. That's Curiosity Stream code GLASSES. Glasses. Did your neighbor back into your car? Bring that case to Judge Judy. Think the mailman might be the real father? Give that one to Judge Mathis. But... 
Does your mom want you to flush her ashes down the toilet at Disney World when she passes away? Now that's my jurisdiction. Welcome to the court of Judge John Hodgman, where the people are real, the disputes are real, and the stakes are often unusual. If I got arrested for dumping your ashes in the Jungle Cruise, it would be an honor. I don't want to be part of somebody getting a super yacht. I don't know at what point you want to go into this, but we've had a worm bin before. Available free right now at MaximumFun.org. Judge John Hodgman, the court of last resort when your wife won't stop pretending to be a cat and knocking the clean laundry over. So here we are with founder of the Well-Read Black Girl Reading Community and host of the Well-Read Black Girl podcast, Glory Adam. Glory, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's so awesome to talk with you today. Most important question, what are you reading? Oh, so many things, so many things. So April was National Poetry Month, so I had to pull out like tons and tons of poetry collections. There is an incredible collection by an author named Jasmine Manns, and it's called Black Girl Call Home. And when I tell you, it's like a warm cup of tea, a beautiful reflection in a mirror, like every poem just feels warm and inviting. And I've just been like taking my time and enjoying it, like one poem in every morning. And we're going to have a book club discussion at the end of the month. So that is what I'm reading right now. In addition to that, I just picked up a new book that I'm excited about. It's called A Woman of Endurance. And it's like the cover to me is so intriguing. It's um, it's like beautiful black woman who's wearing this like gilded age type dress. And she's like staring into oh, a portrait. Oh, I've seen this cover. Have you seen it? It's yes, just like it's so gorgeous. like very beautiful and very tantalizing. You're just like, what is happening? I don't understand, but I want to read. I am a believer that book covers do something. It's like, oh, yeah. don't judge a book by its cover. No, there are book covers that like totally pull you in and want you to like read them immediately. And this is one of them. So yeah, I haven't read it yet, but it's in my like TB, like TBR pile to be read. You're like, I don't even, it doesn't even matter if I read it. I just want it because it's pretty. <laughs> exactly. Like this is going to sit on my coffee shelf and just invite so much conversation. Trust so, me, yeah. we get it. <laughs> uh, so speaking of books, can you tell us about the Well-Read Black Girl community? Yeah. So the Well-Read Black Girl community, it started in 2015 and it really was this like small book club with about 10 to 15 women. And over the years, it's grown. It's grown from book club to literary festival to now podcast. And it's all about connecting and uplifting the voices of Black readers and writers and making sure we're able to reflect on the work at hand and also be like a cheerleading squad for all these incredible debut writers that are coming up and need a support system. So in the beginning, you know, we worked with some authors that had their first book out and maybe they were getting some traction. And five years later, they have like 10, 20 books. Like, I mean, no, I'm exaggerating. They may have like two or three more books out. Um, But it's been amazing to just see their progression and know that like when Britt Bennett has a book, when Nicole Dennis-Bend, when Morgan Jerkins, like anytime they have something, like we rally behind them because we know what it's like to just be new in a space and want someone to give you like a literary hug and say like, you can do it. And also like these women are phenomenal. They're like such 
incredible writers. Their books are on like the New York Times bestselling lists. And, you know, they just have so much great energy and we want to support their careers. So at the end of the day, that's what we're about. We're about really like dedicating space and time to women and non-binary authors and really focusing on people of color and like traditionally underrepresented voices. So it's been amazing. And anytime we have the festival, to be quite honest, it feels like a family reunion. It's like, come on, everyone, bring your books, (laughs) get them signed, wear your t-shirt, you know, give us a high five. We've been doing the last two festivals virtually because of the pandemic and the circumstances. But we are hoping in 2022, it will be like back in person and there'll be like this massive like electric slide line. (laughs) Like we're just going to be like reading and dancing and just like celebrating life, you know? Um, So yeah, I think that answered your question. Yes. Well, you said you now have a podcast and we are here on a podcast. So we'd love to hear about the podcast. How did that start? Yeah. So the podcast was an evolution of the book club. We were having so many wonderful, engaging conversations with authors. And I wanted to take it one step further and have a conversation about creative journey and craft. Like, what does it take to create these beautiful stories and like bring them out into the world? So I get to have great conversations with people like Tiari Jones, Brett Bennett, Elizabeth Acevedo. I mean, even Nicole Hannah-Jones has been on the show. So many incredible people. And, you know, we're going beyond the book. We're talking about like how they hunker down in their office with like the lights off and think about what they're crafting or even their research process. So I try to ask questions that are unconventional and unexpected and get into who they are as writers and how they were able to birth their books. So it's been a wonderful experience. We also have a section called like rapid fire where we're just like, boom, tell us like what your favorite color is, what's your favorite, like, you know, what's, what's the tea you drink? Like we really just try to get into like the fun human parts of writing because it's not just all glorious, fancy writing. It, it, like <laughs> Very It's true. a process, you know? And so I want people to hear that and I hope it encourages them to create their own process and their own rituals and go out and write the books that like deserve to be read. So I won't make you pick just one. But do you have a favorite conversation or episode that would be a great place for listeners to start? Oh, okay. 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 So that is a very hard question, but I was like losing my shit when I was talking to Anita Hill. I just was like, Uh. you are the queen to be. Like, I just was (laughs) so like enamored with her life and her legacy. And I was honestly like, I don't even know if I want to call it an interview because I just was like sitting in awe, like, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, like I just was listening to everything she had to say was golden and just made me respect her even more. And I think that's an awesome place for people to start and listen about like what the vibe we're giving. And she talks so much about her creative process as well and who she is as a person. Like, yes, we know that name, Anita Hill, and so many things come to mind immediately. But like, dig deeper. Like, who is she? Like, how did she come to be? How did she write this like um, this beautiful manifesto, this like 30 year legacy called Believing? Like, how did she write that? And like listening to her life experience, it just was so eye opening for me. 
So you are taking your love of books to the extreme. Can you tell us about your new literary series and your new book? Yes, yes, yes. I'm so, so excited to talk about the new literary series. It's really dedicated to debut fiction by women and by non-binary authors. And we're really focusing on folks of color and traditionally underrepresented voices. We want this to be a space where we can discover new voices, we can champion them. And it's a, this space, the literary market can be intimidating it can feel like there's not a space for Black women to really make an impact. And I want to have a step in that and really like change things. So um, I've been looking at how I can really center my work on diversifying the literary market and devote my work to like helping Black voices, uplift them. So it feels like a most it really feels like the next like evolution of our organization going from celebrating and having the book clubs all together in one small room to then having the festival and now like actually printing books. I'm like, I'm so, I mean, honestly, sometimes I'm like, like, oh my gosh, I have to sus- suspend my disbelief. I'm like, how is this <laughs> my life? Like, how am I doing all these incredible things? Is but it so hard to pick which books to decide? It's so hard. Like, Ugh. literally, if, if I could, it would be like 300 books a year. Like, you know, just like <laughs> to do 12, you know, each month, it's just going to be... It doesn't feel like enough. And sometimes I actually feel really bad. I'm like, I can only pick 12 books, you guys. Like, it's hard. But, you know, we try our best to find the best books and show love in other ways, whether we're doing like Instagram live conversations or just giving them a single, like a a really strong signal boost on Twitter or on Instagram. Like, we try so hard because I know what that feels like to feel um, underrepresented or overlooked, you know? So, all these different projects and all these different avenues are in service of that to really helping people find the work and letting the work live, you know, let it be like alive and well and like strong in the world and not overlooked. So that's that's what like the goal of every single thing that I do. I'm like, I really want to be the cheerleader for every single author that I can, you know, and it can sound like cheesy, but it is true. I really just want the best for people and I want people to discover their voices and even like the idea of being well-read. Like, I don't think about that in a elitist way. Like I think about being well-read as curiosity as like investigation is like going after things like if you're reading a graphic novel or you're reading like you know the next great american novel like whatever it is it's all about just you like sitting with the words and understanding them and being able to share them with another person that is the essence of being well read and you're going to be sharing some of your words with other people in your new book soon yes 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 so i have a memoir that's coming out in 2023 And I'm going to be really like sharing my own experience on how books for me are about self-healing and taking care of yourself and learning and really about your own personal edification. That is how I read. I read to really um, uplift myself and I revisit and reread a lot of books because they offer me such great comfort. And I think um, most people, if they're really honest with themselves, read in the same way. Like books, a lot of times can feel like a hug, you know, and I love that for people. So my memoir is going to really go into my personal experience about how I came to love books and how they've changed my life in so many tremendous ways. So we have to know our favorite question on reading glasses. What will get you to pick up a book? What is your reader wheelhouse? Subjects, tropes, authors, what beautiful covers, maybe. What will mate, what will you see in a book and immediately be like, I need to read that? 
I am a very like voice driven reader and editor. Like I am all for voice. I love when it feels like someone is talking right in my ear and I'm making a new friend. I like to really be close to the the writer and understand their motives and their perspective. Like give me a book with multiple viewpoints and multiple characters. I mean, for me, that's why like, I loved White, White Teeth by Zadie Smith. It's like, I need that. I need that collective experience. So that's typically, if you give me that kind of summary, when it's a, if it's very like voice-driven, I'm in and I'm committed. It's another reason why I love short stories because short stories tend to be very like driven by the, the voice. It's not necessarily the plot. Um, so that's my thing. I'm also a memoir queen. I <laughs> love a good memoir. Like send it over. It could be someone who was born in a 1920 or someone who was born in 2002. Like, I don't care. Like, I just want it all. Like, I really like inject it into my veins. Like, I love, I love (laughs) memoirs and figuring out how people became the people that they, they are, you know? Yes. So we're talking about this amazing book. We're talking about this amazing podcast. Where can people listen to your show? Is, is your, is your memoir up for pre-order? How do people get involved in the things that you're doing? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for that wonderful question. So Sign up for my newsletter. You can go to wellreadblackgirl.com and sign up for my newsletter. And then you'll I'll be in your inbox weekly. And then, of course, Instagram. I answer DMs. I'd love to give hearts and tap everything. Um, so follow me on Instagram, the same title, at wellreadblackgirl. And yeah, just like with those two things, you can find me, contact me, even email me. Like, I'm very accessible. Um, and I love to talk about books. So if you have any great book recommendations, send them my way. Oh, you will be definitely getting some. Reading Glasses listeners (laughs) love to recommend books. We love it. Well, Glory, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. And I have to say, I love the title of your podcast. Like, Reading Glasses is so cute. Perfect. It's like... (laughs) the cutest thing. I and I also have my reading glasses that I haven't actually been like wearing in public anymore. I guess like with COVID, I'm always just like in the house, but I love a good pair of glasses. Oh, it's- we, I am very much there with you. <laughs> <laughs> now let's answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Mary writes in, do you have any recommendations for your favorite cozy, spooky graphic novels? I absolutely love it and would love to hear about your faves within this wheelhouse. Thank you both for reading my email and your time. And thank you for everything and for recording an amazing podcast. I absolutely adore. I hope you both have a wonderful day and keep on slaying. Love it. Bria, what are your cozy wrecks? Oh, I this is not a category I, I pick up very often. Like if Bria I'm going, does not want to be cozy. No, keep that cup of tea it's, away from me. I don't want your nice cashmere blankets. Get it. Get that crackling fireplace somewhere else. It's funny because you like cozy else. in real life. Yeah, that is you true. You love a cozy. You're like, you in real life, you're like, ooh, give me that blanket and tea, I but you don't want it in a book. literally own so many sweaters that are oversized sweaters that I can cuddle up in and just get on a couch in. But no, I'm while I'm wearing that cozy sweater with that cozy cup of tea, I am reading something bizarre, weird, and violent. I am not. <laughs> like, they better be boning in the first chapter, and there better be blood in chapter two. Um, um, I think Mallory's going to have way more better recommendations for this. I'm, I think On a Sunbeam could fit into this, which is a graphic novel. It's very thick. Oh, it is yeah. set in deep space and goes back and forth between these, uh, these people finding um, these relics and then a boarding school situation, but is also a sort of coming of age love story. Um, and it's pretty cozy. There's not like, 
as I remember, uh, I don't think there is a lot of violence. There's definitely not a lot of sex. It is sort of just like a fun, um, adventure but pretty calm adventure. Like, not su- – I mean, there are high stakes because they're in space. This is the problem is the shit I read is like – if you go too far one way, you won't be able to breathe anymore. You know, like, so So that is a concern. But um, for the most part, this is a little bit more of a cozier read for the things that I'm picking up. Okay, what do you have? I know you probably have multiple. I have so much shit for this. I picked this recommendation request specifically for this episode so we can talk about cozy stuff more. Because uh, I love cozy spooky books. Uh, I mean, I love, like, We gotta do an episode book, on cozies. Like, on the cozies. Maybe. Maybe we should just do a whole cozy episode. Uh, we'll get wrapped up in our blankets. Mm-hmm. We'll get some nice hot mugs of tea. Mm-hmm. Um, it is well, summer's coming up, so maybe we'll wait until it gets colder again. But yeah, good idea. Um, but to me, so that to me, cozy spooky books means that there are spooky elements. There's like haunted houses and ghosts and monsters, but the tone is not scary. That's really the thing. It's not like trying to. It's not shit your pants horror. It's um not it's it's cozy you know i've been so i've been finding so many great ya and middle grade graphic novels that fit this description i think this is going to be officially in my wheelhouse now i just love them so much i have a ton of recommendations but i'm going to pick one that i actually got from the reading glasses slack um it's garlic and the vampire by brie paulson and it's about a little magical community of produce who are living produce and they live with the witch who uh enchanted them to be talking and walking and wearing cute little outfits and they all like work at the farmer's market and work in a garden and it's very it's fucking cozy as shit and they discover that a vampire has taken up residence in the abandoned castle up the mountain and everyone votes for garlic the little bulb of garlic to go up and confront the vampire because garlic is supposed to scare vampires but garlic has really bad anxiety and she doesn't want to go because she's scared um and it's so fucking cute and heartwarming but it's not meant to scare you it's got um even though it has you know witches and vampires and bats and this like spooky abandoned castle the tone is very cozy and adorable and the art is so amazing and, and beautiful. So I love that one. All right. Um, I'm adding this. Is, they love, everyone loves this book. It came up. You on, should read it. I'm it's getting, so cute. It's backordered. Um, wow. So I, but I'm gonna, I'm going to backorder it right now. So I will read this. It sounds like a really good graphic novel. I'm trying to read 12 graphic novels this year and it sounds like a great one to read. You'll love this. Uh, well, that's, so that's Garlic and the Vampire by Brie Paulson. And I'm saying On a Sunbeam by Tilly Walden. Uh, so if you want to answer your recommendation request, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you want to support Reading Glasses and show off your bookishness, you can buy Reading Glasses totes and shirts and coasters and mugs and all kinds of fun stuff over at our Void Merch store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and want to do something nice for us for free, you can give us a rating and a review hopefully five stars on the pod listening app of your choice, whether that's Apple podcasts or Stitcher or pod chaser pod catcher. There's so many of them, Mm -hmm. but please give us a review. It really is great for us and helps us get more listeners. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at reading G podcast on Instagram at reading glasses podcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks thanks for for reading. reading.